Thank you for listening to the Conform to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. I'm Jay Jones, and I'm here, as always, with George Mays. And this is part two. Part two. Yep. We uh, this we is went the long. sequel. Yeah. Well, to the people listening, they won't know a difference because we'll release this one, yeah. this little bonus episode on the incarnation. Um, if they are listening, it's probably uh, the week of Christmas. Yeah. So we've got some good stuff uh, lined out. We're kind of thinking through what could we do around Christmas time that would be helpful and beneficial to people, and we landed on let's talk about the various. Uh, heresies surrounding the incarnation of Jesus Christ. So before I jump in there, and we'll go through these, and you made a it, you made a good list there. Uh, they're very good. We'll, we're going to try to explain these in very down to earth manner so people can understand, and then also talk about how they may encounter it. Can you just quickly, because we could talk about it forever, right. give us a uh, explanation of the incarnation? What does incarnation mean? Well, I think that we could um, direct people to go back to our text driven Tuesday. Yeah, um, you know, Philip did a, an excellent job with Galatians chapter four and and our episode with him. Um, we we dealt with the incarnation. Yes, it's Latin, incarnate, it's in the flesh. So what the incarnation teaches is that the eternal Son of God, He has always existed. Right? He's the second person of the of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. Um, in the incarnation, the eternal Son of God, he humbled himself, uh, veiled his glory in uh, humanity. Mm-hmm. And so he took on um, a human body. He took on a human mind. He has a, he has a soul. Uh, and he, he humbled himself, taking upon himself all of our limitations, our, our weaknesses. He got hungry. He got tired. Um, thirsty. That's that's what the incarnation is. Okay. And we have to we'll have to we'll get into that more as we talk about the heresies because all of these these heresies they are in some way missing something out of the incarnation. Yeah. And so we'll or uh, adding something a little bit something extra maybe adding something, yeah. <laughs> but it. it as we go through, you'll you'll be able to kind of refine what the incarnation means. Um, so as we go through, we'll 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 kind of pick those apart and show how these are deficient. Okay. All right. So um, the incarnation. Jesus is true God mm-hmm. and true man. Right. He is God who has, I don't know if, like, even saying taken on human flesh, that can make you almost fall into one of these heresies we'll talk about, yeah. can it? If that, the way we understand that terminology. Mm-hmm. God become a man or taken humanity onto his uh, divinity. Yeah. Um, goodness. It, I mean, it's we were talking about this uh, yesterday, yeah. Um the the incarnation it's it's difficult it's a difficult doctrine yes. there's mystery to it. Um John would just say the word the became word flesh. became flesh. Yeah, uh going back to Galatians chapter 4 when the fullness of time had come God sent forth his son 
So here's the eternality of the son. He, yeah. he existed before God sent him, before mm-hmm. the father sent him, and he was born of a woman. Yeah. So here is the eternal son of God. He's born of a woman. Yeah. He's sent into the world. Yeah. In the beginning was the word. Mm-hmm. And so that gets to the idea that um, Jesus did not have a beginning, <laughs> right? Yeah. He's pre-beginning. He's always He's existed with God. Yeah. He's the only God that's at the Father's side, and He makes the Father known. Yeah, that's the very beginning of John's Gospel. Um, you can't be, and so you, we'll get into a little bit with this. The Word was God, and the Word was with God. Right, right. We're with each other right now. Yeah. Um. And yet He's called God, mm-hmm. who is with God. <laughs> right. But yet it's not describing him as two gods. It's yeah. describing the Bible describes one God. Yeah, you know, in order to understand the incarnation, you have, you also have to understand the Trinity. Yes, it's you can't you can't um, you can't separate these two doctrines. <laughs> right. They're they're intimately linked together. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another passage about the incarnation is Philippians chapter two. Mm-hmm. Right, even though he was talking about the Son of God. Even though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped or a thing to be held on to. Yeah. Right. Uh, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. Yeah. And uh, again, we have to we have to flesh that out some. No mm-hmm. pun intended. Uh, we have to we have to really um, solidify what what's going on here. Okay. And that that's what we want to do today is we want to help you because as we were talking about it, um, the, the difficulty of the incarnation, the mystery of it, um, a lot of these, these heresies, they're named after people. They are. Right? Yeah. Um, and so, I don't think that these people set out to be heretics. Yeah, they don't. No, I don't think. They, they set out to try to describe this mystery right. and to understand it better. But what they do is that they, they either don't take all of Scripture together, or they go yeah. beyond what the Scripture teaches, and they go into um, yeah. speculation, and so they they and become the, they become heretics. Yeah, and, or, and I think that um, or you know, they'll overemphasize. Yeah, an yeah. Asp- like Je- Jesus, Jesus' nature, either yeah. his divinity. or Well, his that, that's what I mean by they're not taking all of the Scripture yeah. together. They'll they'll latch on to one one passage. And they'll they'll yes. ignore yeah. others, and I think that's what's going on with the first heresy. I think we're going to talk about um, Arianism. Yeah, Arianism. Because the the battle between Arius and um, Athanasius, these these early um, fourth century Christians, or this was a big theologians. This was a this big is, battle. This in is the, the first. Those are the first really big battle. Um, is that um, Arius and his followers? They would proof text the Bible. Yeah, like they're they're not saying we don't need the Bible. We can figure this out on our own. They're they're going to the Bible and they're using proof text. But what they're doing is they're not taking all of the Bible. They're just taking their their verses and they're ignoring everything else. And so they come, they they present a distorted view of who Christ is. Yeah. And so we we need to be very careful that we're taking all of Scripture together. We need to take the Bible in its own terms and. Remember that it's all it all is unified. Um, it it doesn't contradict each other, so we need to hold both sides together. Christ is fully God; He's fully man. Yeah. Um, and and I think that there are um, 
as we'll we'll talk about some of these heresies, you might you might find out as you're listening that you've had you, <laughs> one of yeah. these one of these distorted views. Yeah, you may find and out you've it, been, and it's, you've it's, been thinking wrong. It's really easy to be an accidental heretic. Yeah, you may be thinking incorrectly, and what you may find is that as we dis- as we discuss, is it causes a level of discomfort mm-hmm. uh, to think about Jesus and as he truly is. But then I think once you move past the discomfort, you'll discover a great wonder as you learn these new things, hopefully. That's the goal, anyway. Yeah, but, and, uh, you know, you can you can feel guilty that you've been holding on to this yeah. this stuff. Uh, one of my, my favorite anecdotes to talk about this is at my previous church, um, there was a woman who was in charge of putting up the the billboards or yeah. the, the um, you know, the pictures in the church, uh-huh. and she put together one that uh, was explaining the Trinity. It was around Halloween. She put up one that was explaining the Trinity as a candy corn. Uh-huh. Now, already, I, I didn't like that because <laughs> I think candy corn is gross. Um, but yeah. you, aside from that, she was trying to explain the Trinity as a candy corn. There's three colors in the candy corn, and there's the Father, there's the Son, there's, there's the Spirit. Right. Well, that's, that's a heresy. That, that's partialism. Uh-huh. That's not an accurate way to describe the Trinity. Uh-huh. Uh, but she didn't know, yeah. and when she was when she was told, she She's trying to she help. broke down in the tears, and you know we feel bad about. <laughs> we got to take this down. It's you know it's this is not this is not great. Uh, <laughs> but she was an accidental heretic. Yeah, and yeah. you might find that you're an accidental heretic. Um, and that just means to be doctrinally wrong. Yeah, and and, and you can and you can easily if it, remedy that by. Leaving it behind. Yeah, just just repent of that. Yeah, and um, don't don't believe that anymore. <laughs> believe, believe the biblical, <laughs> the the biblical presentation of the incarnation and the Trinity. Yeah, and um, it's difficult. We're we're dealing with with things that are um, pressing the pressing the limits of human thought yeah. and understanding. Um, so it's it's difficult, and this is one of those doctrines that we have to look at what the scripture says, and then we have to receive it by faith. Right. Like this isn't this isn't something that is reconciled by human logic. This is something that is received by faith. Yeah. Believing what God's word says, and so you don't don't there... uh, you know don't don't feel weighed down by guilt. Just repent and and devote yourself to studying the scriptures more. Yeah, there are three three doctrines that really press the limits as you said of of our uh, of our finite minds ability yeah. to grasp. We can believe how, what God has revealed, but it doesn't mean that it is it's not difficult um, that we can't escape the level of mystery that's involved um, and I think mystery would be different than contradiction. Yeah. Um, one would be the trinity. Mhm. Uh, one God and three persons, and that's not a contradiction because we're not saying one God and three gods. We're not saying one person and three persons. We're saying there's one God, yeah. uh, and He exists in three persons, mm-hmm. and each member of the Trinity is fully and totally God. Like as you said, there's it's not a partialism there, <clears throat> right? And so there, that's a mystery, but yet God has revealed it. Yeah. And, and the other would be human freedom. And God's absolute and total sovereignty. Mm-hmm. the The Bible does, or He, our in our freedom, we are accountable for our choices, and yet God is totally sovereign over everything, even our steps. 
and yet we are responsible for the choices we make. Yeah. A mystery, um, and yet both truths totally profess. The others would be the incarnation. Mm. The last one, the incarnation, is, as you'll see when we get into this, is if you if we if when we're done, you're not like grabbing your head and going, "This is mind blowing." <laughs> right. Then we uh, didn't describe it this. Correctly. And we should expect it because yeah. this is not human invention. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to be able to. You'll be able to. To understand it. But you'll still be astounded by it. Yes. Because it's not something that that some, you know, to use the term that the liberals like to use, these sheep herders right. out on the, the plains of Judea were just inventing. Yeah. This is divine revelation. Yes. And we wouldn't, we wouldn't even know anything about it apart from divine revelation. Yeah. So Arianism, you brought this up, the first Yeah, heresy. and I, I think Arianism should come first because it was the first big, the, the first big heresy yeah. um, that, that arose um, in the, the early 300s, mm-hmm. um, and it's named after its primary proponent, Arius. Um, he was a, what is he, a, a bishop, yeah, and his opponent was Athanasius. And this is actually what... Um, Caused them, uh, caused Constantine to call call the uh, the Council of Nicaea, right in um, three twenty three, I believe. You mean George? It wasn't to form the Bible. It wasn't and, to form the Bible, no. And to create this great conspiracy right. <laughs> and throw out all these other books and to fashion these books so that yeah. he could take power over the world. Yep. You mean it was about something it else? It was about something else. <laughs> yep. I, I like to mock these things in case you haven't noticed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just learning learning new things about you every every day, Jay. Well, I just don't know what the appropriate response is, man. You know, it, when you when you become a, such a historical revisionist because you have such a hatred for God, right? I don't know any other recourse other than to mock yeah. the uh, absolute stupidity of these mm-hmm. ideas, right? Yeah, sorry. So Arianism, Arius was um, he was arguing that Jesus is not the eternal Son of God, that he is the first and greatest created being yeah. for, that, that, God, that God made. Yes. So before, before God made the other angels, before he made the, the universe and the earth and, and everything in the, the universe, he created the Logos. He created yeah. Jesus, yeah. um, who, who would just be the, the first of God's creation. Yeah. And through this first and greatest creation, he made everything else. Yeah. Um, so, so Jesus, he's like is, a mega being. He's he's the greatest of all created beings, but he is still a created being. And through him, other things were created. Right. This kind of has a little whiff of some uh, Greek mythology and Greek uh, philosophy. No. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um. Where you have like the demiurge and mm. and these uh, you have like you know uh, it's gnostic in, in a sense. There's this gnostic element to it that God is so pure that He can never taint Himself mm. by creating the universe. So He there's this other like demiurge and these other mm. lesser beings that were involved in that. Yeah. Um, 
it almost seems like some of that has was leaked in here. I don't know. I'd have to research it more. Yeah. But he's as so God creates Jesus, the mega being. Yeah. He's like Optimus Prime. I don't know if that's a, <laughs> I don't know if that's a good illustration. I mean, okay. <laughs> and uh, and then and then he's the greatest and the best. Yeah. And everything else in the universe was created. So this this by, doesn't this doesn't Jesus. just get rid of um the deity of Christ. It gets rid of the Trinity altogether. There's it does. yeah. It's a it's a Unitarian yeah. theology. Yeah. It's it's there's one God, yeah. one person. And the the and you'll encounter it. Jesus it, is just a, a created being. This isn't just an ancient thing. This still Yeah, they they so the the Council of Nicaea they they argued this out. Yeah. They looked at scripture and um the the saints and the scriptures prevailed and they wrote out the uh the Nicene Creed. Yeah. Which um says that he's he is uh one, he's homoousius, he's of the same substance as the father. Yeah. So he is he is God, he's the eternal God. Uh-huh. He's he's fully God, yeah. Uh, but this, even though this was, um, it, it's always hard as a Baptist to say stuff like this. But even though it was canonized, <laughs> you know, even though even though the Universal Church accepted this, um, Arianism still held on. Yeah. E- even after Arius died, he had followers that were still that were still um, arguing for this and holding to this. And there, there's a whole. There's a whole lot of stuff that was going on, even with the emperors. Um, Athanasius was exiled what, yeah. three times, four times. Yeah. I mean, he was constantly. Uh-huh. Uh, but even even getting rid of all of that, Arianism is still alive and well today. It's right. alive right. and well in Lawton, Oklahoma. Yeah, it is. It's right. It's 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 there. You can go to a what do they call them? Kingdom halls. Uh-huh. They call them that. Yeah, kingdom halls. They're the buildings that you'll see you drive down the block, and there's mysteriously no windows, which makes you think like, what's going on in there? <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, uh, Arianism is held by the Jehovah's Witnesses. Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah. Uh, they've got their little magazine that they have. What is it called? The Watchtower. Watchtower magazine. Yep. Yeah, and they uh, this is it. And, they, and like Arius of old, they proof text the Bible. And they've got their own their own translation. Yeah. The, the New World Translation of the Bible is uh-huh. the Jehovah's Witness translation of the Bible that they try to to um, retranslate some of these passages that would argue for the deity of the Son. So yeah. John chapter one. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the New World Translation says, and the Word was a God. Yeah, yeah. Now that raises all kinds of yeah, <laughs> other yeah. problems for them, but we don't have time for so, that, yeah, right? So our episode, yeah, we, we, we got to resist getting into yeah. refuting all of these right? <laughs> uh, and just state, like, you're going to encounter yeah. Arianism today. Yeah. You may have friends, you may have a family, um, you know... Uh, even in school, your kids may encounter these people. Yeah, uh, I, t- I think I told you this past year. Um, I don't know how many friends my kids are going to have. <laughs> <laughs> She's got one friend. Like you make you make. She has more than one friend, but she makes a friend. You know, <laughs> finds out finds out her friend's Jehovah's Witness, and you know, before too long, Brooks like, oh, you know, you guys worship Michael the Archangel, right? <laughs> and the kids like, no, we don't. And Brooks like. Oh yeah, you do. Yeah, uh, you may want to go ask your parents. Yeah, we and you know, saying like we don't believe in the same Jesus. Right. You guys think he's Michael the Archangel, <laughs> and yeah. uh, so you know that friendship lasted a good five minutes. Right. 
And uh, <laughs> hey, that's just the reality of the of uh, trying to uh, hold on to God's word, I guess. Yeah. So just, <laughs> just again, be aware that um, Jehovah's Witnesses they are they're they're proponents of Arianism. Yeah, they're. And this is not something new. This is this goes all the way back to uh, the the 300s. It does. Yeah. So that's uh, that's a faulty view of the incarnation yes. because he wouldn't be fully God. Yeah, that's right. You you have an order that you want to put them in, or or that you want to give these in, or do you? I've wanna, got. I've got. I mean, I've got a list. Or do you want to hit the others that uh, you may encounter today first and get? Well, I, other, yeah, I think the next one. Notes. The next one is still. Um, widely taught. Yes. Um, this would be modalism. Modalism, that's right. I was racking my brain every time you would come in because you were having a hard time remembering modalism. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was I had the COVID brain going. And I was trying to I was racking my brain because there's another word for it. Uh-huh. And while we were sitting here I remembered it's called Sibelianism. That's it. Sibelius. He so. was the the proponent yeah. of modalism. Uh, but modalism is easier to to remember than Sibelianism, yeah. uh, or you could just remember it by the the term that's used nowadays, oneness. Oneness, yeah. It's easy way to remember modalism is that uh, uh, there is not really truly one God in three persons. There's not. There's mm-hmm. one God who expresses Himself in different manifestations. Yeah. And to really remember this, all you got to think about is a play. You go to a play, mm-hmm. one guy or girl may play several different characters. So what do they do? They come out on stage and they're like, hey, I'm from the Old Testament. I'm God. You call me the Father, right? And then they pop back behind the screen. Act 2, New Testament begins. This one God just changes clothes, and he pops back out from the screen. It's like, hey, everybody, it's uh, me, Jesus. And then he, Act 3, the church era begins, pops back behind the curtain, pops back out and says, hey, but guess what? I'm really the Holy Spirit. So it's one God just changing outfits, right? Manifesting himself in three different ways. That's not what the Bible says at all. And this would be Unitarianism. Yeah. Um, This would be a denial of, of the Trinity, and so it would be um it would twist the incarnation because you've got um Jesus who is who's got his his son mask on <laughs> yeah yeah um talking to himself <laughs> right right um, everybody's around he's talking out loud to to, to himself the to <laughs> the the father right and yeah. promising the son <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you got schizophrenic Jesus, right? And apparently, and there, there would be dece- there'd be deception. Apparently, he's an awesome ventriloquist too, because when he comes up out of the water, that's right, right mouth <laughs> shut, everybody hears the voice from heaven. Yeah, the, this is my beloved son. You'd have the Mount of Transfiguration where <laughs> what's uh, going on? What is going on got... with this heresy? <laughs> it's total nonsense. Now, this is this. As you're listening to it, I, I hope you're you're thinking this sounds ridiculous. Who could believe this? Who could believe this? Who in the world? This has got to be just gone. Uh, sadly, no. And right. I think we have a clip. Do oh we yeah, we've got a, we got a clip, and then we got some things so, we can talk about locally. Yeah. So we've got a clip of a prominent. Oh, wait for it, Jay. Southern Baptist. Unbelievable. And I hate to say it. He got a degree from my alma mater. Southern oh Seminary, Giorgio. Um, 
here is and i i don't know if he advertises that he's a southern baptist i this is this is uh we could go off on what's wrong with the southern baptist convention just from this (laughs) i don't know how he's still how he's still in the convention he should have been completely uh you know kicked out a long time ago but we've got a clip of Stephen Furtick, and he is teaching modalism. Here we go. 16 verse 7, he said, I tell you the truth. I know you're mourning. I know you're sorrowful. I know you don't want me to leave you, but I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I am going away. How could you say something like that, Jesus? How could you say it is good if you go away? We followed you, we trusted you, and now you're leaving us. No, I am not leaving you. I am changing forms. Oh, there it is. So I am not leaving. There you go. Oh, is there more? That's. I'm just changing location. Yeah, yeah, there you go. God said I didn't walk away. He's getting hyped up. God said I'm working in this season. God said it doesn't matter who changed their mind about you. Yeah, I'm getting go. ready to preach this text, uh, George. Is that what you're going to say? Uh, John, uh, it's I'm a, not leaving you. I'm just changing forms. What if I tried to wear that exact outfit? <laughs> I think I think I'd do it. I think yeah. I wear the exact. outfit. Do you think you could fit into that exact outfit, Jay? I definitely could. <laughs> yep. Those skinny jeans. Yeah. Those was, high tops. What a joker! It's it's pretty it's know. pretty I, insane, man. You know I've. Uh, I don't know how people listen to him. I he bro- gets them hyped up. I broadly, you know, uh, begin to examine the text uh-huh. as leading up to it, but then as the week comes is when I'll really drill down into it. But <laughs> there, there's I don't I don't see how you how do you come up with this insane interpretation? Yeah, like even if you had no commentaries to read, you had no commentaries around mm-hmm. whatsoever. Uh, and you just read the Gospel of John, there's no way you would ever conclude that Jesus and the Holy Spirit were the same person. There's not a chance. Stephen Furtick's problem... I should put that in the plural. (laughs) Problems. But his his problem with modalism is that he has cozied up to T.D. Jakes. Yeah, that's right. And T.D. Jakes is an avowed modalist. Yeah. Um, You might remember the... You remember the elephant room? Yep, this I was, do. Yeah, goodness, this has probably been ten years ago, and he's he's openly teaching modalism. That's right. Yeah, um, and and Stephen Furtick, he's he's interviewed T.D. Jakes. I I think that he'd probably consider T.D. Jakes his mentor, and T.D. Jakes is a he's a oneness a oneness guy. Yeah, and this issue, I mean, th- this so oneness Pentecostalism mm-hmm. is the main expression of this today, oneness Pentecostalism. You want to know irony? What? Irony is that TBN has all these oneness guys preaching on it. And they're called Trinity Broadcasting? Trinity Broadcasting <laughs> Network, and you've got <laughs> all these oneness. Because he's, he's not alone. Uh, we couldn't find it, but but Creflo Dollar, Yeah, he's he's expressed modalism. Yeah, and not only that, and he's expressed adoptionism. They have no clue what they believe. Yeah, adoptionism. Like, oh, we'll get into that in a sec. But you know, this you, you, this stuff is out there, right? So here is you know something that happened recently. We've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. Our local association had an evening of unity, and I believe it was when Fernando Castile was killed. Yeah, is that around the? I think time? so. Yeah. Okay, 
the evening of unity was uh, presented as the one church coming together to show the world what unity looks like. <laughs> right. So the problem with this is, is that they they invited oneness Pentecostals to come. They invited Catholics too, and that's a, a problem. That's mm-hmm. a big problem. Like we uh, we have a we have gospel issues. Yeah. We're gonna have a a. a, a an episode coming up where we talk about what is a gospel issue, because that term is thrown around everywhere today. This is a gospel issue. Well, a gospel issue would be um, salvation by faith alone. Yeah. Roman Catholics disagree. But well, hey, at least at least Roman Catholics get the Trinity, right? Yeah. And they get the Incarnation, right? Yeah. So the Oneness Pentecostals deny the Trinity, Yeah. right? And uh, man, I went and talked to someone of influence locally. And I said, "Hey, man, you can't go to this. You can't. You can't worship with oneness Pentecostals. They deny the Trinity. Like this is a gospel issue. This right. is a Galatians level nuclear option issue. Where yeah. Paul, you know, Paul says people are like, oh, he says crazy things. Like I wish they would emasculate themselves. Right. Well, what what provokes that level? Well, gospel issues. Yeah. And this is a gospel issue." Yeah, we, I, I think that needs to be stressed. The, the Trinity is not something that you can say, ah, that's that's just for theologians. Um, I don't need to to understand right. this. The, the Trinity is, I would say, a salvation issue. It is, and I would say that the the um, the incarnation, right? The incarnation is a is a gospel issue. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It is, and so this is modalism. It's here, just like Arianism's here. You'll, you know, it's around. Modalism is around. Yeah. You got to be aware. But there's some other lesser known ones, and these that I think we have that we've picked out. We're we're not going to do all of them, but the ones we picked out, I think, are ones that people can inadvertently fall into, while being a member of a orthodox, you know, uh, a biblically sound, doctrinally sound church. Yeah. You, you may even the people of our own church. They may have at times thought about Christ incorrectly and the wrong way. Yeah. Well, we want to talk about adoptionism. Um, adoptionism is the idea that uh, the son, uh, Jesus is a man, and at his baptism, God adopts him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the, the spirit, I guess, comes and yeah. is a part of him. This this is uh, this is picked up in Gnosticism, mm-hmm. um, where the man Jesus has the Spirit upon him at his baptism, and then at his crucifixion, the Spirit leaves him. Yeah, and uh, this the reason we bring this up is because this, in some form, is still uh, taught by again. Yeah, like Pentecostals, right? Yes, it's, many in the Word of Faith movement mm-hmm. have become proponents of this. I think yeah. you'll hear it coming out of people like, I think you mentioned Creflo Dollar earlier, Kenneth Copeland. Oh yeah, definitely. Joy, Joyce Meyer. Yep. Uh, Benny Hinn, even though he's where is he today? I think he's kind of gone. But uh, Kenneth Copeland. This is the idea that Jesus uh, is uh, the first born again man. Like somehow he lived such a holy. Like he's a man, right? Yeah. But what he really shows us is what a man <clears throat> full of the Holy Spirit can do. So what they would do is inadvertently they're denying um, that he's divine, that he is true God and true man. They would divine, they would deny the divine nature of Christ yeah, yeah. and say he was 
at some point in his life, God adopted him, and he became divine. And as he did, so could you. Yes, the little God theology, right? right? Yeah. Um, The problem with this, again, is at some point in his life, Jesus is not fully God and fully man. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right? Yeah, yeah. I don't... Uh, Before he's... Before he is baptized, he's just a man. Yeah. Um, at his crucifixion, he's just a man, and and that has massive implications. Right. One, we're we're saying that from his conception, yes, from the moment that the Holy Spirit conceives the 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 embryo, uh-huh. right, that is fully God, fully man. Yeah. Um, and if he's not fully God and fully man at his crucifixion then he cannot atone for the sins of the elect. Yeah, that's right. You you think through what uh, you have the offense the offense which is done is by a man or by mm-hmm. mankind, right. man or woman. Uh <clears throat> a human being has offended a holy god, so the offender is a person, uh, a man, a woman. But the offended is infinite. Right. Infinite in holiness. How do you then reconcile with the infinite and the holy like how could a man atone for sin in that capacity well you can't it would be an eternal it would be eternal it would be <clears throat> eternal death right. is what's required yeah uh but the, but God's plan is that you know Christ Jesus is God mm-hmm. and so therefore his sacrifice is infinite in worth right and it is enough to cover over the infinite offense toward a holy God. Yeah. But on the other hand, he must be a man because he must represent us mm-hmm. as a man. Right. It's amazing. It's really mind-blowing. You, ha- you have to have truly God and truly man from <clears throat> uh, conception into eternity for this to be biblical. That's right. And, and the most amazing thing about this is this is God's plan from before he created anything. Yeah. Before he created anything, his plan was to do this yeah. as a demonstration of how good and amazing he is. And the problem with this little God theology is that Jesus is unique. Yeah. Um, he is fully God and fully man. Yeah. We will never be that. Yes. We we will never be fully God <laughs> and fully man. Yeah. Like we're not we're not gonna be the fourth person of the Trinity. Yeah, even at our glorification, right, where we become like Christ, mm-hmm. it's only in a sense that He's a glorified human yeah. that we become like that. Right. Um, we'll always be contingent. And this is like, uh, like God has always existed. Yeah, He's contingent on nothing. Everything in existence is contingent upon His existence. Right, and we can never cross that. We can never go there. Only, only Christ who is infinite. Yeah. The, the eternal word right. come flesh. All right, so there's three last ones that we'll we'll talk about. I'm just going to lump these all together um, because they they all have the same problem. They're all they're all taking something, uh, even if it's they think it's just this little part. Yeah, they're they're taking it and it distorts the Trinity. These are big words, so you know, 
this is probably not going to be in everyone's vocabulary. <laughs> okay. Okay. So there's Apollinarianism. Uh-huh. There's Nestorianism. Okay. And there is Eutychianism. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, I'll just go through them. And uh, any good systematic theology should have definitions of these. Yes. Um, but Apollinarianism teaches that Jesus has a human body, but he has a divine mind, right. a divine soul. Yeah. All right. Uh, Nestorianism teaches that uh, there is two persons in Jesus. So there's a human person and there's the divine person. Mm-hmm. And then Eutychianism, um, it teaches the opposite of Nestorianism. It says that there's one per, uh, one nature. There's yeah. one nature. So Jesus is fifty percent man, fifty percent God. Yeah. So all of these are are just little twists on the same the yeah, same yeah. problem that Jesus is fully, he's fully man, and fully God. Yeah. So the problem with Eutychianism is that you've got um, something different. Mm-hmm. Like he's not he's not fully anything. Mm-hmm. He's fifty percent man. He's fifty percent God. Yeah, he's and there's, uh, there's one there's one nature, and he's he's not like us. Right. He's not like anything. He's he's all by himself. He's a Superman. Yeah. He's a third type of being that's never existed. Yeah, and we've, a, t- he, we've talked about this. It, yeah. It's it's this hybrid. Yeah. yeah. This this probably has more. Um, in common with Greek mythology than yeah. anything else, um, like Hercules, yeah. where Zeus, Zeus, the god, yeah. um, has a child with a human woman, right? And here's a fifty percent god, fifty percent man, yeah. And so he he has superpowers, <laughs> right? He's, he's super strong, yeah. Um, but he's he's a demigod, mm-hmm. and that's what Eutychianism is teaching: is that Jesus is a demigod. Yeah. So he's he's not he's not fully like us. Yeah. People people accidentally think of Jesus in this fashion though. Yeah, yeah. Right? Cuz they're like, "Oh, Jesus did miracles and mm-hmm. he did these things." And you're like, then they're like, "Well, yeah, I mean, he's uh he's he's like he's like half god, half man." They would never <laughs> say that, but they're yeah, like, yeah. "He's a different type of human than mm-hmm. we are. Of course he does miracles." Right. That's they're not thinking about him correctly. Yeah. Uh, this is where it gets uncomfortable. Right, we were talking about this. Yeah, um, we need to understand that in his humiliation, Jesus is not just performing miracles because he is God. Right, Jesus as the Messiah. Right, in his humiliated state, Jesus is living by faith. Yes, he's living by faith in. His father. Perfect faith. And he is living and performing these miracles by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes. And to people that hear that, I promise you, when people hear that, they're going to say, that's not right. Yeah. But if you deny that, what you end up doing is denying the true humanity of Jesus. Right. Right. When things got hard, Jesus didn't go, Time out. I'm switching into God mode. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's God mode time. Yeah. And now he can alleviate the stress and the pressure. Because he felt that, right? So it's stress, a... pressure. You ever uh... change the you ever change the difficulty level on a video game you're playing, Jay? <laughs> right. You ever get to a level and it's like, man, this is just too hard. Yeah. I'm gonna go into the options and change yeah. it to easy yeah. real quick. 
Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> that's not that's not what Jesus is doing. He's not changing the difficulty setting when it gets hard. He's now he's going to play it in the easy mode. Right. Bring out his divine his divine powers. Right. He's living by faith. He's he's believing the word of God. Yeah. He's believing the promises of God. And he is he's empowered by the spirit. This he, is Isaiah 11. This yes. is um, Matthew chapter 3. When the Spirit comes upon Jesus at his baptism, <clears throat> he's being empowered for his his work as the Messiah. Jesus is the only man to be described as one who has the Spirit without measure. Yeah, right. In the beginning of John's Gospel. Yeah. He has a Spirit without measure. Mm-hmm. Um, he's sinless, something we will never know. Yeah. So he's able to have a perfect faith in his Father. He, and he has to do this because he is our representative. Our representative, and he's our example. Yeah, he's our example of the the man who is living by faith. Yeah, this, the, Jesus is the man in Psalm one. Yeah, he, he is the man mm-hmm. who is like a tree planted by the stream, mm-hmm. and he's bearing fruit. Yeah, he, because he is he is. Uh, abiding by the law of God, right? He that is that is Jesus. Uh-huh. He is the man, and yeah. he is our representative as as fully man, but he also is our he's our example. Yeah, Jesus lived by faith. Yes, in in the power of the Holy Spirit. Follow his follow his example. Yes, you That's who right. you who by faith are empowered by the Spirit. You're in you're indwelt by the Spirit. Uh-huh. Um, and live by faith. Yeah. Very good. That's and then you have that's the, difficult, right? Yeah, that's difficult. But Nestorianism, Nestorius, Nestorianism, it's it's uh, it's he's bipolar Jesus. Yeah, right? you, and, and this is this is kind of the same as Eutychianism. He's kind of he's split you've, personality. You've got you've got the the human person. You've got the divine person. Yeah. Um, now the the biblical definition of the incarnation is that he is um one person with two natures. Yes. Right. He's not two he's not two persons <laughs> yeah. dwelling in yeah, one yeah. one body. Yeah. Um he's he is one um he's one whole person. Yeah. And he has two natures. Yeah. One hundred percent God, one hundred percent man. This switches it though, right? Because you've got yeah, two yeah. the two persons uh-huh. occupying the one body. Right. It's literally split personality Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not it. That's uh, and, not it. That's and, and then Apollinarianism. Yeah. Um Apollinarianism is um I think this is the most common um heresy people accidentally believe. Yeah. Um that he has a human body but he has a divine mind. Yeah. Or a divine soul. Yes. And this, I think, this is the one. Like I said, that the people that are just in the pews that are uh, unintentionally believing this, yeah, um, that, and they think, uh, yes, Jesus did these things because he is like he is divine. His mind is divine. Yeah, he gets tired, but that's because his body is human. Mm-hmm. Of course, he gets tired. He needs to eat. He needs to do it because he's a human body. But his mind is divine, so he, of course, he knows the scriptures better than anybody else because he's divine. <laughs> right. Um, he had uh, in the way of the 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 one who spoke these words had to learn these words. <laughs> That's what's my, what's what's made what's so amazing to think about 
is as Jesus is learning and growing in wisdom and stature and knowledge with God and man, that's how he's described, right, in the yeah. Gospels, uh, he's learning his own revelation. Yeah. He revealed this. Uh, he revealed the Old Testament. He's, he's, not a, he's not a toddler walking around quoting Scripture. Right. Like, he has to learn he it. He learns it. But he, he, he learns his own revelation. All right. <laughs> what? It's, it's so amazing to think about it. Yeah. Um, and, and so he did, you know, the, the, the illustration that I've often used is mm-hmm. we sometimes accidentally think about God, about Jesus, like God is driving around Jesus' body like, like, a, like there's, you know, a little, there's a divine mind in there driving Jesus around like a car, yeah. like the body around like a car. What was that name of that terrible Eddie Murphy movie where he's a space alien? Did you <laughs> ever see know. that movie? I don't know. I can't, I don't, I can't recall. I can't remember what it's called, but he's like a, a miniature version of Eddie Murphy. In his mind? Inside, yeah, like in the, in the head, and yeah. he's walking around. Yeah. That's, that's what I, that's what I picture. Yeah. With, yeah. uh, you know, the, this is how people think. Jesus was right. Uh, what was shocking to me, and I, I completely forgot about this until we were we were in here getting ready to to record, is that there is a a well known Christian apologist who subscribes to this. Yeah, I he, I, he calls himself a neo Apollinarianist. Crazy dude. Are you ready? Yeah, William Lane Craig. Yeah, it's it's. If you if you read apologetics, you probably know the name of William Lane Craig. He's right. he's one of the he's one of the top apologists. Yeah, he does debates. He's written books. He gives lectures. Um, he ca- he calls himself this. Like this isn't a label that this not this is not a pejorative term that someone has thrown at him. He calls himself a neo Apollinarianist, and what he believes is that the divine logos, the the eternal Son. The word had all the attributes sufficient for human personhood except a body, mm-hmm. and that um, in the incarnation, um, he only takes the physical attributes of a human person. He doesn't take any of the immaterial attributes. So, he, so that would mean that he doesn't have a human soul. Yeah, and that's a problem, right? It seems to be an error here, Trinitarian in a Trinitarian sense to begin with, because it seems that he would be attributing attributes to the Son that the other to the eternal word that the other members of the Trinity have not had eternally. Right. And that's that's wrong because yeah. each member of the Trinity uh are all one hundred percent divine and share the same attributes. Yeah. Like Jesus doesn't have extra attributes that right. the Father doesn't have. Right. Um until mm-hmm. he becomes a person, right? And then he right. he takes on and then he humanity. takes on humanity to himself. Yeah, um, but if if Jesus if Jesus in his incarnation he doesn't have a soul he doesn't have a human soul then he's not fully man. Right, he can't represent you on a cro- on the cross. Yeah, the wrath of God was poured out upon a human. Mm-hmm. He he has to be uh, as as the author of Hebrews says he has to be made. In every well, way, I guess. In every way, and by every way, it means every way. It means a human mind, except for he's without sin. Yes, right. He has a human body. He has a human mind. He has human emotions. Um, he has a human soul. Yeah. When Jesus dies on the cross, when his heart stops beating, when his lungs stop taking in air, his brain waves stop. Yeah. 
his soul goes to paradise. Goes to the place where all human to, souls go. It goes to the place of the dead. Yeah. Um that that I I think that the the apostles creed it says he he descended to the dead. To Hades. Yeah. He descended to the place where dead people go. Yeah. He he cuz he has a human soul. His right. human soul has to go somewhere. And it he goes where all human souls go. Where yeah. the righteous dead go, that's where Jesus' soul went when he died. Yeah. Abraham's side. And when he when he was raised from the dead, his human soul entered into his human body, right? Yes. And we we cannot forget that he is forever, right? A hundred percent man and a hundred percent God. He's true man, true yeah. God, fully God, fully man, and uh, he'll be like that forever. Yeah, he'll rule. The universe. He rules the universe from God's right hand as a so, man. So we've and we again we've talked about this. This this always blows my mind. Jesus is someplace. Right. Like there is some location where his body is. Yes. Uh, where <laughs> where is that? This is that is, the right hand of the Father. This uh, is what's incredible about, you know, thinking about creation. Yeah. Like God creates, okay. Well, there is a place, a, a place that's not in this dimension, a spiritual realm, let's call it a place, um, let's call it heaven, yeah. that's what the Bible calls it, yeah. but not like the sky right. or outer space even, mm-hmm. but heaven. There is a place in existence where that is part of this universe somehow, where uh, even before Jesus goes in his physical body after he resurrects from the dead and ascends... There's a couple other people there, yeah. which is crazy, right? right? You think about Enoch did not die; he mm. was taken up in his body. Yeah, um, Elijah, and now Jesus. Jesus is at a, a place. There yeah. is a destination in the time space universe where Jesus' body is. Yeah, because um, he's not flowing around like a phantasm. Right, he has a human body. Yeah, mind blowing. Glorified. glorified, glorified, glorified body, yeah. and the the wonder of it all is when this place, um, at the end of time, uh, God will bring this place and the earth uh, together, right? Heaven and earth. Uh, so this has together. this has massive implications. This is not just some, um, you know, theological abstract ideas, and uh, you know, take it or leave it. Like this has real world applications. Yeah. So the incarnation, fully God, fully man, from conception to eternity, means that he can be our representative. Yes. You you've touched on this. He he had to live a perfect life under the law yeah. to redeem us from the curse of the law. Yeah. Um, he had to die as a man mm-hmm. um to to pay our debt, yeah. but only God could actually pay our debt. That's right. Um, but the fact that He is fully man forever, yeah. um, it means that He understands our grief. Yes, He knows our He knows our weaknesses. He He knows our sorrows. Um, he He knows our temptations. Yeah, and He's been tempted just like we have. This is one of the. This is one of the things that Christianity has, well, because it's true, that there no other religion that even worships God mm-hmm. can, right? Judaism can't, Islam can't. We pray to a God, we, play, we pray through the Spirit, 
to Jesus. Yeah. And he literally knows, not in a theoretical sense or in the sense that God knows everything, he knows he knows what it's like to be a man. Yeah. Right? He knows what it's like to have your friends turn on you. Mm-hmm. He knows what it's like to have a loved one die to experience the grief of someone dying. Yeah. He has experienced it. And he knows our temptations yes. better than we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that may be hard for people to understand because, well, he never sinned. Right. What's harder, to be tempted and to give in or tempted and never give, never in. give in? Right. Like Jesus knows your temptation more than you know your temptation because yeah. he's been tempted and he never gave in. Yeah. Yeah, um, you you know the ease <laughs> so, of sinning, and, and and when you pray, when you pray, he intercedes on your behalf yeah. to the Father. So yeah. he's got the Father's ear, yeah, like on your behalf, yeah. And the one who has the Father's ear is like you, yeah. You can you can trust in our great High Priest because he, as Hebrews chapter four says, he's able to sympathize with our weaknesses, yeah, because right. he. Yeah. He was in every respect tempted as we are, yet without sin. Yeah, and so as we wrap this up, I mean, you, we get back to this is this is Christmas this week, right? Yeah. And we just we can't just let it go by and yeah. not think about these things because these things are too amazing. Yeah, right. That God became a man. <laughs> he became a baby. This is it's just too it's just too amazing. Philip's illustration in his sermon was like one thing I love about this church is all the babies. Yeah. Well, you get to look around all these babies and you get to be reminded of mm-hmm. the incarnation. I mean, that's just the it's, the, un, it's unbelievable. I mean, th- this magnifies the well, lo- the love of God. It's not unbelievable, but you know the terminology. Right. Yeah, yeah. Using, <laughs> apart it's, from God's gift, it's 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 who would think of this? Yeah. This um, I mean, this magnifies the love of God. Mm-hmm. I think it's easy to doubt. That God cares, yeah. And it's it's easy, it's easy in the the midst of your hardship and your trials and your sorrows. Does God even care about me? Does, you know, is God even mindful of me? Yeah. The incarnation says yes. Yeah. It's a resounding, infinite yes that God gave the infinite treasure of His Son yeah. for sinners. Un- that the one who created us became one of us. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He. Um, Though he was rich, yeah. Paul says in Second Corinthians, right? Though he was rich, for your your sake he became poor, yeah. so that by his poverty you might be you rich. might become rich. Yeah, you know I think about that. Uh, that remember that part in the Matrix where uh, Agent Smith has Morpheus, and mm-hmm. he's like got him there in that chair, and he's like, you know what I hate about this place? It's the stench. <laughs> you know, it's the right. smell. Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> and just think about it. Um, our God is so loving that He walks this earth as a human, yeah. And the stench of sin has permeated every aspect of this creation, yeah. It is tainted in every way by our sin. Yeah. The creation is subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of our sin. And it's just the ripples of sin have just like shot out like a shockwave through creation. Everything's tainted, and Jesus walks among us, yeah. completely surrounded and by this, by our sin yeah. and the effects of sin, 
and he triumphs through all of it for us. And the the temptation for us is to try to clean ourselves up so that we'll be more lovable for Jesus. But you see, in his incarnation, who does he gravitate to? Yeah, he doesn't just gravitate to sinners; he gravitates to the worst. Yes, like that that it seems like he, it's like a magnet. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. our sin draws Jesus and his compassion to us. Yeah, in the in the worst of our sins because. His he's just overflowing with love and mercy and grace towards the towards the worst of sinners. Yeah, and he and and in his his earthly ministry, he becomes like he becomes like he's like the anti sin, right? Like Mm -hmm. everywhere sin goes, it contaminates. Yeah, it corrupts, it perverts, it destroys, and everywhere Jesus goes and he has contact with any sinner, they become clean. Yeah. You would think, oh, the danger is that our sin could contaminate him, mm-hmm. but it doesn't. The exact opposite happens. Yeah, uh, and you know, he touches the leper; they're yeah. healed. Uh, anywhere he goes, his righteousness goes, and it's a preview. Really, it's a preview of what's coming as the kingdom of God uh, fully comes at His second coming. Yeah. Mm. So it's good stuff, Jay. Yeah, it's a great, great episode. It's good stuff. Yeah, we better shut it down. Yeah. Uh, well, it's been good to uh, yeah. be talking to you. Yeah, it was fun. Hope yeah. you have a good Christmas. Yeah. Hope the listener does. Thanks for listening, and hopefully this helps you to think better about the incarnation, just like think through some of these heresies. Again, as always, like, subscribe, share, now available on YouTube, Facebook. Help us get the word out. Uh, we want everyone to hear about Christ, hear the gospel. And if you already are a Christian, well, our hope... Our hope and our desire is that you become more conformed to Christ.